We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Corbin Carroll made his triumphant debut on Monday night. We saw injuries to Tony Gonsolin, Justin Verlander, and we saw pitcher disasters all over the place. Plus, how many pitchers go in the first two rounds of the main event next year? That and more on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson, Fred Zinke with you here. Uh, a lot to talk about here. Uh, it was a busy Monday. Even with the small slate, there's a lot of actionable stuff going on. Fred, what's going on? How are you doing? I'm good. I didn't have pitchers on any of my most important teams starting last night, and it was a good night to say that. So today I'm feeling pretty good. Oh, uh, good. Good for you. I'm happy yeah. for you. Yeah, um, you're, not, you're not feeling quite the same way. I'm not feeling too magnanimous, no. Um, had Miles Michaelis going in my main event team that's in the top 10 right now. 8 nothing lead in the fifth inning. 8 oh. nothing Couldn't get out of the fifth inning. Ridiculous. That's, as This is the Scott Genstad phrase. I'm totally stealing it from it. He went full Zambrano on us there. That couldn't finish a full, you know, finish an easy win. Just brutal. All he had to do was get three outs in the fourth inning. And the, the guys he was giving up homers to, I mean, just – Total jabronis for the Reds. I mean, no, I'm a Reds fan. I can say this here. They were not anybody that you expect to get knocked around by. Uh, and that that's that that set the tone for the evening. Corbin Burns got knocked around. Frankie Montas got knocked around. Ranger Suarez had a, a huge lead, seven nothing lead, and couldn't fit. Not only did he couldn't finish, but his team even lost, straight up lost. Uh, some really brutal Monday starts. Yeah, absolutely. The the I know what you mean about the Michaelis one. That especially facing that Reds lineup that is like you know mostly a Triple A lineup right now. And, yeah. and you're in the you're in the fifth inning, eight nothing lead, and you can't even get through it. That one's really frustrating. Although I mean they all they all are. And I I think yesterday's pitching performances will cause or have caused a lot of standings to move because it was a Monday. So and because it was a Monday, a lot of those pitchers were active this week even some of this the, yeah. the lower end guys because people are trying to make a move right now and the way to do it is to compile innings and cross your fingers that the innings are good ones so they start the, the two-star pitchers right now a right more recklessly and so in the end a lot of it probably backfired last night and caused other people uh to move up in the standings well same men event team also has tony gonsolin so i lost two steps this oh. week uh that, that that's bad and so Michaelis, ha- I basically didn't have a choice. Michaelis had to be active for me. We're thing is, we're chasing saves. We have three levers out of the nine spots active right now. 
so that's what we're hoping. And maybe in some point we might even go five, four. We re-picked up Sir Anthony Dominguez with the relatively positive news that he could be back in a week or two. So we'll see about that. But, uh, you know, you know, so, but the problem is that makes all those other starts that much more important when you're going five or six starters, you need those guys to not hurt your ratios. And Michael certainly did that. Uh, yeah. The guys that, that hurt him, we're talking the legendary TJ Friedel, Stuart Fairchild, Stuart doesn't have any friends. Uh, <laughs> and Chucky Robinson are the guys that went deep three homers in one inning. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah. Total, total meltdown at the worst time, even if that meltdown had just happened in the sixth inning, right? Like even if he had just finished five and it had melted down in the sixth and then he hurt your ratios, but he got the yeah. win, but he got the win. You'd take it. So, right. Yeah. Right. Although for and, me right now, the ratios are more important than the wins. Are the thing uh, for you. Yeah. Only because we have a ton of wins in that league. Uh, we're, we're lucky there. Uh, Brian Bayo is someone that is a little riskier that it was a two step mm-hmm. this week. He got the loss. I mean, he wasn't horrible. He, he, in fact, he had a shutout going into the fifth inning. Couldn't get out of the fifth inning. I lied. He didn't have a shutout. He had a, he allowed a run in the fourth. Uh, he ended up giving uh, three runs and four plus. So eight base runners. So he hurt your ERA. Sometimes I think, yeah. sometimes I think as fantasy managers, we overreact to he hurt your ERA, but then you look and he's like, Oh, and I'm like, Oh, he didn't really hurt your whip or vice versa. You right. know, Oh, he gave up nine base runners in five innings. Oh, but he only gave up one run. So, okay, that's okay. Or he gave up four runs in five innings. Oh, but he only gave up four base runners. Right. Oh, okay. He hurt your ERA and he hurt your whip and he only got you two strikeouts. So. But the hurt was marginal. I mean, Three yeah. runs isn't going to kill me at the yeah. end of the day. It, yeah. It's not, he's not, he's not, he's not going Nathan Eovaldi on our ass here. I mean, he, he's at least, you know, he, he, he's hurting us, but he's not like, he's not destroying us. There yeah. were a lot of bad pitchers yesterday. How about Jose Barrios against the Cubs, home against the Cubs? Four runs, 10 hits, and five and two thirds. Jays rallied after he left, of course, uh, because when Javier Assad's on the mound, you can't score for sure. Uh, that's two two relatively good outings for Assad so far. Uh, you know, Corbin Burns, you know, boy, took a risk doing the two-step with him. Home against the Pirates. Yeah. You know, he could he got hit. Do you see that shot by O'Neill Cruz off of him? Yes. Yes, I saw that shot because I believe you, I think it was you who directed my attention to that shot on Twitter. Yes. Just commented on it and I was like, oh, I better, I better check that out. As I was watching my Jays try to claw their way back, I, I thought, yeah. yes. Well, on that I and the Bryce Harper that. shot were the two that uh, I was – wowing over Bryce Harper's was it wasn't a homer but uh it was a double just like 114 off the bat and it sounded every bit of that the the audio was really good on that one O'Neill Cruz man he he he's a boomer bust guy but that boom is the amplitude of that boom is so so nice I'm I will overvalue him next year uh (laughs) the numbers will not I mean because of the strikeouts I'm I'm gonna have to manually boost his projection but I'm going to manually boost his projection yeah, I, I think I'll be the opposite. I'll be the person who doesn't get O'Neill Cruz because I project him reasonably and I don't manually boost his projection. And then someone like you in all my leagues will go for it. And you know what? Admittedly, it's not a terrible strategy because sometimes these these really good prospects who are struggling at the beginning in some ways, sometimes they do just all of a sudden take off like a shot. We've seen that with some of them where, right. you know, they're a 700 OPS guy and you're like, what's wrong? What's not happening here? And then all of a sudden, boom, they're an 850 OPS, a 900 OPS guy. So we've seen the tools from him. Yeah. People are right. going to speculate on him heavily in draft season. 
I don't know if I'll be one of them, so I might not end up with any of them. I mean, the smart play is to not, to not to, but... Um, I, the conservative play, because if he does take off, like those guys right. are, I know it's more of a fantasy football term, but like they are league winners, you know, like even this year, like he struggled, he's hitting 206, but his 162 game pace is 34 homers and 17 steals. Right. So if I projected him, okay, so he's not going to play 162 games, but there's no reason he's a young athletic player. If he doesn't get hurt, he could play 150. So if I projected him for 30 homers and 15 steals, like he comes out, his 162 game pace right now is 101 RBIs. So like, I'm mean, again, I'm not going to project that in the pirates lineup, but if I, I could, I could very quickly, if I wanted to go optimistic on him and push that projected batting average, even to 250, I could very quickly get myself to someone who belongs in the first five rounds, maybe four rounds of a draft, probably four rounds of a draft. Right. He sits at 11 and six right now, despite the batting average and strikeouts. Um, Realistic chance of finish finishing fifteen ten in his rookie season with, yep. uh, and and just all the last contact, all yep. the all of the athleticism. I mean, I just those are the guys that I feel like can take off. Um, no, I wasn't on Jazz Chisholm this year, and I kind of regret it. Now he got hurt. Now, so it's it's kind of a moot point. But it seems to me like that sort of profile, like you can you don't have to really squint to see it. I mean, you can see yep. like, oh, this guy could go nuts someday. Oh, it's so obvious when he makes contact, really good things tend to happen. He's shown us elite average exit velocity, elite maximum exit velocity. He can steal bases once he's on base. Like once he makes contact, good things happen. All he has to do next year is make contact. Not all he has to do. He could hit more fly balls and fewer grounders. But like generally, all he has to do next year is make more, make contact at a higher rate. And if he does that, he will take off. Yeah. Yeah, either with more homers or more steals or a better batting average, and it'll all lead to more runs and RBIs. He he will take off. It's just a matter of believing that next year he's ready to do that. He does. He turns twenty four right after the season or right as the season's ending. So, like, it's not like he's a super young prospect. He should be ready to. He doesn't have a ton of experience, but he should be ready to break out. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. There will be people in every draft. Maybe I'll end up being one of them. I don't know. I'll run the numbers over the winter and see where I end up with them. But I think he's going to go really high. Don't you? Like, I think he'll go higher than Bobby Witt went this year. Maybe as high as Witt went. No, I think he'll go higher. Do you think Witt. he'll go in the third round? Uh, I was going to say third and fourth. Third yeah. and fourth round, depending on. I could see him being maybe like a fourth round guy who makes a couple of plays in spring training and then is going in the third in late March. Maybe a fourth round, like say when we do labor in February, he's like a fourth round guy. Do you think? I, do you think I'm accurate on that? Like in the right ball. What I'm looking for, I'm going to look to see Ryan Roos' uh, article because they he did a, took part in a uh, yeah uh, the first seven rounds of a draft champions league with a lot of experienced veteran players. I want to mm-hmm. see where uh, Cruz ended up there, but. Uh, I, my thought is you probably didn't go that high now that I think about it there, but uh, I could see him though, being someone where when we get to the off season and the numbers are sitting there and people start looking at the numbers and then the buzz starts to grow. So I could, I could maybe see like, cause that draft just happened like in the middle of the action down the stretch this year. I could see if we get to, he, when we get to the winter, he hasn't gone yet in that league. Seven okay. rounds under in the books, and he hasn't right. gone. So I so. think he'll go much higher once, if like like unless he bottoms out in September. But if he has a reasonable September, he finishes the season with like sixteen home runs, 
in, in rough what, what's what will end up being roughly half a season. And he has 16 home runs and he has like 10 steals and people start doubling that. And then people just start looking at just his age and his tools and start saying, Hey, maybe this guy could hit 240. And then if he hits 240, there'll be more steals. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to just double his steals. I'm going to double them and add a few more. I don't know. I think he'll start. I think he'll someone, he's someone who will catch buzz in the off season. I think you're right that he will catch buzz. I don't think it's going to be Bobby Witt buzz. I think okay. we've seen enough of him. With Witt, it was almost a kind of sight unseen sort of thing, right? right. Um, you know, we didn't get to see him in the majors. We didn't get to see his, you know, his struggles, you know, if you will. So from that standpoint, I, I think that that actually, I mean, I think when you actually see him and you see the strikeout rate in the majors, I think that tamps down the interest just a bit. So I'm going to say fifth round is where he ends up. Just see to my pants. Yes. Right. Still higher than um, like notably higher than he went in that initial uh, draft. So you still think there'll be some, some like Wander Franco or O'Neill Cruz next year. Who do you got? Um, I'm going to Take. Ah, that's a tough one. I'm going to take. It is. I take Franco. Yeah. Uh, the question for me is like, oh, what does a tough Franco one. do? I mean, I know I might end up, I could see once I run the numbers, like I said, if I even project Cruz to hit 230, I could see once I run the numbers, Cruz coming out on top. You got Bobby Witt over uh, these guys, right? Both of those guys. Yeah. 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 I think part of the the problem with Cruz is is that there are a lot of great shortstops. Turner, Bichette, yep. Lindor, Tatis. I mean, we've talked about where he's going to go. Yeah. Fourth or uh, fifth round, probably. Yep. Probably won't be me. Uh, uh, I could see it being me sometimes if that's where he is. I'll, I'll project him for a like a heavy workload once he's once he's finally back. I'm, I'm um, starting in my mind. I'm pushing Cruz down now another round, though. I'm looking looking at these right. results. I'm so it's sobering me up a little bit. I here. see Xander so, Bogarts and Dansby. I'm taking over O'Neill Cruz. I think maybe not yeah. Xander. We'll see. Uh, um, yeah, maybe not Dansby. I think I will. I guess. He's oh, I know I'll take Dansby. I want to see where Dansby signs, but he's going to sign a decent sized contract on a decent team. I'm I'm sure. Yeah. Cruz this year before getting the call was only hitting 232 in AAA. Mm-hmm. So just to throw a little more cold water at him, like if someone's looking at the 200 average and saying like, oh yeah, but once he adjusts to the majors, you know, he could really hit for average. Well, I don't know, maybe, but at least in 55 games in AAA this year, he was only hitting 232. Last year yeah. he hit for average in the minors, but this year he wasn't hitting for average before he got called up either. And he was striking out not as much as he is in the majors, but, but, a lot yeah yeah um yeah Corey seager setting a career high in homers already and we haven't reached september i think i probably take seager over cruz oh, how do you not take seager i think he's just i know he doesn't steal you any bases but well he's only hitting 257 this year um mm. but his babbitt's really low this year i think i think you take seager i think so yeah too. i think so too how do you not take Seager? Now you're yeah. pushing Cruz down. But again, only it's the old, it only takes one in a draft room. Like it only takes one guy to love, to, yeah. to fall in love with the, like the possibility of 30 homers and 20 steals. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty much like I got caught in the moment there. Um, and now I'm, I'm sobering up on this. Uh, yeah. Here. I don't know. None of the other, none of the players you mentioned, like even like none of them can do 
the, the combo homer steals that Cruz could do. Even Witt could. Swan, even oh, Witt could easily. Oh, Witt could. Sorry, I meant, sorry, the like the boring veterans that we brought up. Right, right, Bogart, right. Bogart, sure. Swanson. I, I already think of Swanson as kind of like a boring veteran. I know he's having a better year this year than he usually has, but mm-hmm. but he's a veteran. He's been in the league like half a dozen years. We kind of know what he is. Um, yeah, this is kind of, this is maybe his career year, at least one of his best years. I think, it, uh, I think, yeah, wits, wits ahead of him for sure. In my opinion, there's just so many steals there. If you're um, listening live, you're tuning yeah. in the live stream, chime in the comments, let us know where you're going to yeah. take O'Neill Cruz next year. If you're listening after the fact, tweet at Fred and I, and I'd uh, like to hear this. I, I really want to know uh, because I think it's actually a really tricky call, uh, but these tricky calls are kind of where there is profit still to be had. Uh, or or loss for that matter. I mean, but the fact is, it's an unsettled question, and we need more unsettled questions. Yes, I I could see Cruz also being like like a flag plant, right? Like one mm-hmm. of those guys who a few people like you could be one of them, plant their flag on in a January and February draft and say, I'm like you're not going to plant your flag on Xander Bogarts. No, or but I, I might on Seager. Um, he's just I, a guy i think if you draft Corey seager you're like i think Corey seager's really good and everyone else will say yeah, yeah. me too yeah like, well okay i i did flag plan on dansby though um so right. that that, that okay. one i'm gonna argue you you can still flag plan okay I, I hope he stays in atlanta by the way that will oh, find yes, a way to bring abs- him back. absolutely yeah. as frankie montas is showing when you're playing really well the best situation is just stay where you're playing really well no i, I should so funny you said that because literally that's the next player i was going to talk about yeah Frankie Montas went six yesterday, four runs allowed, all earned, eight hits, no walks at least, but three homers. Since the trade, uh, he's had five starts with the Yankees, 701 ERA, 152 whip. K to nine is only seven. You know, uh, that's that's not that's not helpful at all. Nope. Uh, you know, I guess when you're giving up rockets, it's hard to strike people out. He's allowed five homers in that stretch. So yesterday was the only day was really taterific. But he's not missing bats. No, and like like if you go back a bit on Montas, like there's there's reasons to think that he's not. I feel I feel bad for him in some ways because mm-hmm. he got traded to the Yankees. He, he either went on the bereavement list. I think he went on the bereavement list before he even made a start for them. Yeah, either, I think that's how it played out. He was immediate because he didn't start for them till August seventh. Seventh. Right. So yeah. I think I know he went on the bereavement list right around the beginning of the month. So. I didn't end up, I don't know if the details were public on why he went on the bereavement list, but I always feel bad for players when they are on the bereavement list because someone close to them has passed away. So, um, so I like, that's a huge, you get traded from Oakland to the Yankees, New York, pressure city going from Oakland, no pressure this year whatsoever. And you're also dealing with something in your personal life. And then all of a sudden you got a new catcher and a new team and a new park. And you're just supposed to perform right away. His first start was at the Cardinals who have been an offensive juggernaut, as we discussed last week in the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, Then he goes to Boston, not an easy place to pitch. Then he plays Toronto, their lineup's been up and down, but overall this year, it's still been one of the most effective lineups in baseball. Then he faces the Mets. They've had a pretty good lineup this year. Now, last night, that one's pretty disappointing because the really Angels, bad lineup. The Angels are a team who just swept the Blue Jays over the weekend, but still, they're a team that he should have been should have been able to get through. Otani got to him. That was kind of the big blow against him. I guess that's a little excusable, but even tra- tracking back on Montas. I think the trade and everything else made some of us forget that like he's also someone who went on the IL in July. 
yep. and didn't stay on the IL for long. Right. So, yeah. So now I, now I'm wondering, Oh, oh sorry. Did he actually go on the IL? I think maybe he didn't go on the yeah, IL. He, uh, yeah. He had the shoulder though, but he had, that's right. So I don't want to miss, I'm just saying he, he probably should have gone on the IL. He was, yeah. he was he was out. He missed some time in July. He didn't start from July 3rd to July 21st. Like I said, I'm not sure. I don't think they actually put him on the IL, but they sh- they should have. And you know, we got a very very small sample from him before the deadline. Like he threw three innings when he first came back against a weak Detroit team. Then he threw five innings that were just okay against Houston. He gave up three runs, two earned on ten base runners, um, in five innings. So not a great start. I wonder if he's not like a hundred percent and he hasn't been a hundred percent since the beginning of July when he went on the IL. Right. Or should, sorry, when he should have gone on the IL. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that's, he's a, not 100%. that's a really good question. Yeah. And I think we all just assume because the Yankees gave up these prospects and traded for him that he's fine. Right. But he doesn't seem fine. He hasn't seemed fine. Like you said, strikeout rates way down. Yeah. He doesn't seem fine at all. So in June, he was he was like throwing his fastballs at like 98 nine you know just short of 99 a lot of 98 mile an hour fastballs last night he was sitting more around like like the the pitch that you know, got put in play or was a finishing pitch they like on baseball savant you can look at the velocities he did touch 97 uh 98.0 once uh but it was more like 9796 uh yeah. so maybe a slightly down in the velocity you know, some of it might be defense. Some of it might be the catcher who he's throwing to, creature comforts, all these sort of things. Or he might be hurt, too. Uh, he pitched okay against the Mets to uh, in his previous start. That was the thing. Like, okay, I thought he's okay now. Maybe he's fine. No. You, you know, that, that outing against the, the uh, Angels was just hideous, though. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's locked into lineups for the rest of this week. So. Yep. You know, and again, most people probably started him because he's got a second start this week, which is at Tampa Bay Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the week. If that start doesn't go well, do you think it's time to start thinking of sitting him down? His so his start the following week would be is scheduled, and I would say highly likely to be home to Tampa Bay. I don't think that'll change. So if I'd probably start him that game, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, I know it all depends this late in the season. I could, this is a bit of a cop out, but it depends what your options are. It depends where you are in the standings. Do your ratios matter more? Do you need wins? It Whatever. depends on what happens in this next start, too. Yeah, for, oh, for sure. For sure. I, I don't like it facing the same team in back to back starts. I'll tell you that much. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true, too. I, I've moved, I have, I don't have him actually in many of my fab leagues. I have him in some of my draft champions leagues. Mm-hmm. And I have, I started him everywhere this week because he had two starts and the angels one seemed really manageable, obviously. Um, right. But I, I have, I had moved the last couple of weeks into like actually evaluating him as to whether I was going to start him or not. He had right. moved out a pre, prior to that prior to J- July. I just skipped past his name when I was setting those draft champions lineups. He, he right. was, he was going to be in. Yeah. Now I'm not exactly. so sure. No. And I think that's valid. Uh, couple other pitchers. I mean, let's talk Corbin Burns for a second. Carlos Rodon both also struggled yesterday. Rodon went four innings, gave up five runs, four hits, uh, four walks on Rodon. That's not good. Uh, you know, and then Burns, I mean, he was staked to a lead and gave it up against the Pirates. What a, you know, and that that's not, that's not what we're looking for. He had a really horrible start the week before against the Dodgers, too. Uh, had a chance to reinsert him into the Cy Young discussion. 
but got torched by the Dodgers. And then uh, Sandy had a gem against the Dodgers on Saturday. I think that kind of ends the NL Cy Young discussion. Yeah. But um, I, I don't want to declare anything over prematurely over, but man, it's going to take a lot now to change that. I agree. And I, yeah, there's something like Burns doesn't seem to be throwing his best right now. If you go back and look, so he's usually a really high strikeout pitcher in four, sorry, five of his last six starts. He has started struck out six batters or less. And usually mm-hmm. if you go back and look at his other stretches throughout the year, like he usually averages about eight strikeouts per start. He right. only has one start with more than six in his last six starts. So he's just not striking out batters at the same rate. The walk rates like up a bit. It's not a huge problem. Mostly, I think it's just the lack of strikeouts. But as you said, like that, you kind of wrote off the start against the Dodgers. Like it's well, it's the Dodgers. They're just really good. They get to good pitchers sometimes. But this one's concerning when you add this one in. Um, yeah, the big issue is home yeah. runs. He allowed seven all last year. He's allowed nineteen this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Probably a good reminder that just if anyone allows seven or something like that, that like, that's there's some variance in that. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Just can't be. It can't be sustainable. I still think he's great, but I he definitely doesn't seem to be at his best right now. And he's not getting the the, the wins because you know whatever for whatever reason you know it may not go as deep as others, but uh, or, or just doesn't play for the right team at the right time. He's averaging over six innings per start. Uh, arguably, I mean three hundred one zero ninety nine. I mean these these are good numbers. One hundred ninety five strikeouts. It's just the homers. I mean it's still a really good season. You're still drafting yes. him. In the first round next year, true or false? 15 teams. I love Corbin Burns, so I would say for me, yes. 15 yeah. teams for sure. 12 teams, I think I think he'll be like just an around-the-turn guy. Whether he's a first-rounder or a second-rounder just depends on whether the people at 11 and 12 want to lock him up or let him go through the turn and and, and lock up a hitter. I think, he, I think he's somewhere in there. Actually, this kind of segues into that topic that you mentioned at the beginning of how yeah. many pitchers are in the first two rounds. And I want to tackle that, but if, b- before we do that, time to insert a quick note from our Blue Wire sponsors. Let's do it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S. based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All right. Thank you, Blue Wire. All of our podcasts are on the Blue Wire Network. Uh, So thank you guys there. All right. Question asked. 
And now we're going to try to attempt to answer how many starters go in the top 30 next year. You're playing the NFBC main event. So you're presupposing that it's an overall contest too, that, you know, draft strategy doesn't allow you to completely punt something. at least if you want to uh, compete in the overall uh, with that in mind, uh, let, and let's pull up and, and it, the further spice up this conversation. Let's, let's, let's give you a good count on how many starting pitchers went in the, uh, the top first few rounds in the main event this this particular year. I'm going to pull up the ADP on that. Give me a second on that while we're 28, talking. 28? 28 or 29? How many do you think went in the first? No, I'm just kidding. They do get pushed. <laughs> <laughs> How many starters are in the first two rounds of the main event this year? Uh, 30. Yeah, let's see. There's Cole. I don't think it's a – I think it started – because of the pushing of the uh, the closers, I think that number is lower than you think. Yeah, Otani will that. give like a third because I think most people who draft. I would say I wouldn't give Otani anything because I think everyone who drafted him planned on basically just using him as a hitter. They yeah. might use him as a pitcher more now, but I don't think that was the plan. There were five. There's five in the first round wow. and two in the second round only. So seven That's total. Weird. Shane Bieber yeah. is at, in at 31. Noel is at 32. Wheeler's at 34. So there are plenty of instances where they, they made it to that. Right. But and Sandy at one point made it into second. Huh. Gonna take that L on Alcantara for me. I said, oh, he's going too high in redraft in the third round for me. Oops. Uh got that one wrong. Uh, I just I didn't think he'd repeat. Uh I I kept him all my keeper leagues on profiting handsomely there, but in the uh the main I did not take him. But so it was Garrett Cole, Corbin Burns, uh Walker Bueller. That's obviously you know, not gonna happen. Out, yep. Woodruff Scherzer, uh Giolito. Not going to happen. And Urias, which will happen, by the way. Urias was in the top 30, eh? Yeah. He was in the uh, top 30. I didn't see that. I thought, I, wow. That's a, yeah, I, I, I get it. That's a main event thing for sure. I felt like in all my just regular satellite type leagues, he was more like 35th. 36 so that's that's a that's a main well, event type well let me tell that. you i took him in the middle of the second round in the online main event yeah uh, yeah but yeah so i think that's a main event type thing remember that event. was when we had the news on Degrom being out and mm-hmm. i think if i recall correctly even scherzer had an issue at the beginning of the season a little bit there uh but i'm, I'm gonna pull up that draft board just to see a little bit there to see what the dynamics were how many pitchers were gone before i took him but I, I was sitting in, I was team seven. So I took him on the comeback in the second round. And I'm really glad I did. One, two, three, four, five. The same five were in the first round. Giolito went to, uh, 2.2 in that one. And then I took Urias as the seventh starter. And that was it. Only seven starters were in the first round. Right. But I knew, like, you know, when you sit at seven, you know, those other starters that you're considering aren't going to make it back to you. And that was the case here. Wheeler, Ray, Bieber, and Nola all went before it got to my third round pick. Verlander went at 311. Oh, oh. Verlander, Alcantara, 311, 312. Webb, 313. Those were all, I mean, Webb's not in the same universe as those two, but he hasn't killed you either. But point is, though, I wonder, uh, it's actually a little bit more temperate than I would have expected. Yes. My gut says that there will be next year fewer first round pitchers and more second round pitchers. Then I think they'll slide a bit, just in the sense that. Cole and Burns haven't like totally lived up to like Cole's been good. Like it's hard to complain. He's already at 200 strikeouts. He's got a one-on-one whip, but I think the 331 area is a little higher than people were expecting. He's not among the wins leaders. I know that's fickle, but it matters. Right. I think Cole 
will push. I think Cole, he's still in there, obviously. I could just see maybe there being way less than five in the first, but more in the second. Well, I, I, I think your instincts are right. If I'm looking at Ryan's article again, which lists those first seven, round, uh, first seven rounds, yeah, it was three and then eight in the second round. Right. Uh, okay. Only one closer in the second round. That was Diaz. Um, so, but uh, Classe went early third. Romano yeah. went in the third in that one too. But Verlander dropped again into the third round, uh, which I thought yeah. was kind of interesting. Um his injury, by the way, isn't an arm injury, and it seems like it's not even that serious. It's it's an injury, but it's not like a long-term one. You know, we always say that, though. We'll see if there's any setbacks. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I think we get more hitters pushed up. I, I think people are going to start looking at the construction of the teams. And I, I could be wrong about this one, but the teams that are doing well, a lot of them were pretty heavy hitter-centric early. Now, uh, it, it may not be, or or that I think more hitter centric centric than I thought. Uh, I, I need to verify that. I will. I'm going to go through that there, and you know, probably I'm hoping, knock on wood, I'm going to be hyper analyzing a lot of these other teams in the top ten and seeing where I need to root for and against. Uh, and when I do that, I'll t- I'll be able to kind of tell on draft construction there too. So I think I think if we go through a few of the names, I think. I think we'll see where, like, where, why they won't go in the first round, just with the question marks. So, in the sense that, okay, let's look at Verlander and Scherzer. They're both very old next, even older next year. Very mm-hmm. old. There's no way those guys go in the first round at their age, right? Like, there's no no chance. Some chance. We'll see. On Verlander, like Scherzer didn't even go in the first round this year. Yeah, he did. Oh, he did. Okay. I felt like he was more like an early second. Oh, I guess I am now I'm back to that. I wasn't in the main event this year in my leagues. He would usually go like 20th. So I bet in the main event, he snuck into the top 15. Yeah. Yeah. Like in say my, like in my super league and things like that, I felt like he more went early second round, but yeah. Okay. So you think Scherzer, if he throws, he's only thrown 122 innings. If he throws 150 innings this year, do you think he can get into the first round next year? I think there's a chance. Uh, okay. I'm going to pull up the – let me pull up the – But you think him and Verlander for sure, to answer the original question we're talking about, are both in the top two rounds? Verlander, no. I mean, Verlander went 43rd in this this one draft here already, and that's that's wow. sharp players. So a lot of very sharp players. Not a lot of Verlander faith, even though he's not much – he's only a year older than Scherzer. Scherzer's and, average pick in the main this past year was uh, 14, or this right. current year. Right. So way. look, just comparing him and Verlander, like Verlander, Scherzer had a better strikeout rate this year. Verlander has better ratios. Um, their FIPS about the same. They they both pitch on good teams. I don't know. They're not much to. There's not much between them to really prefer one over the other. They're going to throw about right. the same amount of innings. Assuming Scherzer kind of catches Verlander mostly while he's out. Right. Um, yeah, they're going to throw about the same amount of innings. I'm going to put them both. I think in the second round. That's fair. I can. I think with that. someone will go in on Verlander, just coming off like this mm-hmm. remarkable season. Okay, so they're second rounders. Cole and Burns are they? Do they stay in the first round? They're one, two, and straight. Yeah, I think so. Uh, they did in this draft. Yeah, uh, they're one, two, and strikeouts. They both have a whip around one. They both do have good ERAs. They're not like like the Verlander ERA, but they both have good ERAs. I think they both. I think they both stay ahead of Scherzer and Verlander. I think so. I think so. Okay. Nola, does he get up to the second round? 
Yeah. He's kind of right there. He's going to get 200 strikeouts this year, probably about 215. I, I think Nola's consistently underrated. In fact, I think you can I make a pretty good case that. that he should be a top three guy in the NL Cy Young race this year and yeah. doesn't get it. I think the interesting ones are – I think DeGrom's like a hyper-interesting one. DeGrom, like what yeah, do you do De- with DeGrom? Yeah, I mean, right now, someone probably takes DeGrom in the second round just on the possibility. I still don't think DeGrom's a first-rounder unless like, unless he like leads the Mets to the World Series. I still don't know if he's a first-rounder. I just think the injury risk with him is so high. But again, mm-hmm. it only takes one person, and it's a big contest. Yeah. Someone at, at 12, it, like the main event is a little different. It only takes someone picking, say, 10th or 12th or 14th to say, I'll go for DeGrom. If, if, he, if he's hurt most of the year, my team doesn't get any money. If, but if he's healthy, maybe I can get in the race for the big money. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah. I, I think he gets in the first two rounds. Shane McClanahan gets in the first two rounds for sure. I think he can 100%. get in the first, I think he could get in the first round. Yeah, especially with the main event, main event inflation. The one I'm looking yeah. for is not uh, – Obviously, the one I'm looking for is, is, uh, is obviously a DC, so maybe it's a little bit different. Uh, but in a main event, we always have some extra inflation involved. Yeah, I, I think McClanahan, he just has few, assuming he finishes the year fine, like he doesn't have the age question marks of Verlander and Scherzer. He performed great this year. He's on a team mm-hmm. that pitches really well and tends to do, you know, their pitchers do well. So I think he's in. Right. You think you think Arias is in? I mean, what has he done to not justify the yeah. price this year? He just I mean, just not have a really good strikeout total. That's about it. I, I, but I'll I take think what he, he did again. I mean, yeah. and a lot of that was early too. Keep in mind, he's been nails lately. I mean, he's yeah, gotten better. Sure. Those, remember, we were doing the "What's Wrong with Her- Julio Urias" segments earlier yeah. on this season. Besides yeah. my inability to pronounce Urias or Urias or what, how you know <laughs> properly, uh, it's one yeah. of those mental blocks for me. He is still, if I was going to like, just, and I have him on my most important team. If I was going to say anything negative about him. um, So his strikeout rates haven't really gone up. He is outside the top 25 in strikeouts and that's without an IL stint. So he's pitched all year and he still can't, is not in the top 25 right now in strikeouts, which is just, that's a little disappointing for a pitcher you take in the second round. For sure. I I think that's valid, but then again, you get the Dodger win benefit. Yeah. And oh, Alcantara oh, Al is in the. Oh yeah, first, he's maybe in the first round. He's in the first two rounds. Yeah, I think he gets pushed up to the first round. Assuming, yeah. he, and he was he was the fourth pitcher taken in this draft that I'm looking at too. He's a really interesting one. Like I love him, but he's a really interesting one in that, like his strikeout, even with the massive amount of innings this year. Right now, he's tenth in strikeouts. Mm-hmm. But that's like I said, with the massive amount of innings, um, he just doesn't have the strikeout juice that some no. of these other guys have. Mm-hmm. So, but I he also think, doesn't get the organizational juice like Urias gets. Right, right, that's right. At least a nice park to pitch in, so that's good. Um, but that's it. Dylan Cease, could he get into round two? Oh, he can get around one. I don't. I feel like his whip's too high to get into round one. He did oh. in this draft. Wow! All it takes so, is one, man. I mean, you dream true. on those strikeouts, right? I mean, yep. So right now he's fourth in strikeouts in baseball, and very close to to getting to being higher than that. Like he's not far behind the guys. Right. And they're going to baby hit You figure they're going to let him loose a little bit more next year. And he'll throw deeper in the games is the theory. Maybe. Right. Yeah. He's just not a whip guy. Like his career was 128 this year. It's 112. Right. Babbitt of 270. Um, like when you go and plug him into an SGP calculator, 
or something like that 112 whip if you're projecting something like a 112 whip next year and then you have burns at 1.0 and you have cole at 1.0 and you got mcclanahan at maybe 0.95 like that's gonna hurt him in those comparisons right it's whether the strikeouts will make up for it i'll say he still gets in the second round because people dream on the strikeouts so i'm going to tell you there's a pitcher right now who is fourth in earned auction values on the Rotowire earned uh, earned auction value calculator for starting pitchers. He's fourth right now. Did not was not one of those top 11 starting pitchers. Did not go in the third round of this said draft. Did not go in the fourth round of this draft. Did not go in the fifth round of this draft. I'm trying to see if he actually went at all. Point being is no I don't think he went. I don't think he went at all. Now I'm looking at it here, and maybe that's a. I'm overlooking it because it's not searchable, just a screenshot. Uh, but I don't believe I see him anywhere here. Wow. Um, I know. I, th- I know who you're. I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> he has a lot of wins. He does. He's Tony Gonsolin does have yes, a lot of wins. Just went on the IL. Yeah. He 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 is got better ratios than Sandy Alcantara. I think better than pretty much. Pretty much everyone. anybody in the NL, although yep. he doesn't qualify because he only has 128 innings, which answers why he's not getting taken there. And the straight, you know, he's got a lot, lot fewer strikeouts. But so I think this is a, I think sometimes the sabermetric crowd is really, really sharp. We know not to overvalue wins. We look at innings matter; they really do matter. But despite that, he's getting just elite, elite ratios: two ten and zero point eight six five on the WHIP. I mean, that's you can you can survive an innings hit if you're getting that sort of. Uh, sort of production but now he's got the uh and this was before obviously he had the arm issue and now he's on the il now it sounds like he's only going to miss a couple of weeks so i'm not going to cut gonsolin uh, i was thinking about it at first but now i'm a little bit more sanguine <laughs> <coughs> yeah he um just looking at gonsolin he uh like his era is 210 his fips 344 so his fit doesn't really paint him as like an early, early round pitcher. Right. That being said, like how many Dodgers pitchers are we seeing outperform their FIP? So mm-hmm. like if this was a guy who was outperforming everything on just a typical team, you'd be like, oh, this isn't sustainable. But right. so many guys are doing this on the Dodgers and winning a lot of games. And we know the Dodgers are going to be awesome again next year. That could somebody reasonably project Gonsolin for 15 wins next year. And not a ton of strike. It's going to be like 140 Mm-hmm. And then, but then really great ratios. And right. if you did that, would he come out? I don't think he's, I don't think he gets in the second round or anything at that point, but I don't know. I feel like he gets in the fourth round. Oh, yeah. Like um, fourth round, like he's your number two. I could see it. Uh, Tony Gonsolin or Kyle Wright next year. Who do you got? Ooh, um, I will take Tony Gonsolin. I'll take Tony yeah. How about uh, Tony Gonsolin or you Darvish next year? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, Gonsolin. I think I take Darvish. Just to get the, the K's are there. The innings are going to be there. Good team. They're going to be good next year. Darvish um, and Kyle, Darvish and Kyle Wright have basically the same strikeout total, but Darvish does have Darvish. Darvish also has a way better whip. I might when I run the numbers, it might be Darvish. Yeah, I look at, remember, Darvish has a higher ERA, but he had that one hideous outing earlier in the season. Remember, that was like, yeah. I mean, everyone gets hit every once in a while, but he, he's a lot higher than that. Uh, but Gonsolin's hurt now. Verlander's hurt now. Nestor Cortez is hurt now. Yes. 
that's a Cortez is an interesting one for next year because we know that there's going to be some limitation innings. I almost feel like this is one of those, oh, let's limit his innings, put him on the IL sort of thing, except for the fact that the Yankees are hurting for starting pitching right now. True, and for wins, really, like that they're just kind of generally slumping. Yeah. So maybe it's not. Um, yeah, he'll be an interesting guy for sure next year. I think he'll go pretty early next year. I'm going to say mm-hmm. like he's a num- low-end number two or something like that. I think he'll go pretty early next year. Okay. Yeah. I just He's a Yankee. Yankees are really popular. People notice guys on the Yankees. He's had a really great year, and he's pretty much kept it up. Like He got off to a great start. Like he's mostly kept it up. I'm not saying he's been just like been able to match it every month, but right. You know, I'm kind of nervous about months, him next year. Yeah, I could see that. But the first couple of months, his ERA in both those months was under two. June it ballooned a bit, but then July 260, August 333. So in those two months, like he kind of showed maybe a little more that he could be like a three low threes ERA pitcher. I I know what you mean about being a little nervous about him. Yeah. We're going to talk some uh, hitters here in a second, but first, got a quick note from uh, one of our sponsors. The weather is heating up, and so are the promotions at Caesar Sportsbook. By the weather, way, the weather's really heating up out here on the West Coast. It's going to be 109 on Sunday out in California. Today, anyone who is at least 21 years old and in a licensed Caesar Sportsbook state can create a new account and redeem the Caesar Sportsbook promo code ROTO15. That's R-O-T-O-1-5. The promo code gives new users a risk-free first bet up to $1,500. Visit Caesars.com slash sportsbooks or download the Caesars Sportsbook app today. And don't forget to use promo code ROTO15 when signing up. Fred, we had a big debut yesterday. Corbin Carroll made his debut for the Diamondbacks. They keep on calling up some of these prospects. They're loaded right now. They got a great farm system. Starting to play a little bit of better ball. They swept the White Sox over the weekend. They rallied to beat Ranger Suarez and the Phillies last night. Carroll had one of the big hits in that one here. Uh, his first major league hit was a double, and I think it knocked in the go-ahead run, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, he he should be fun going forward. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he plays like five, six days a week going the rest of the way. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's quite possible. And I, you know, when I looked at his his line last night, I was like, actually, it wasn't that great of a debut. He just went one for five, but because it was such an offensive onslaught from his team in general, he managed to pick up two RBIs and score two runs. So just a fun debut for him where his teammates took the pressure off him by hitting so well. Um, He's got a really, for people who, you know, still have, are going to have access to him this week, like a really intriguing skill set for fantasy 24 right. homers, 31 steals in the minors in 93 games this year, um, and a 307 batting average. So he strikes out a fair amount, uh, but he also walks a decent amount too. Right. So, and I agree with you. I think they're going to play him. I think he'll hit lower in the lineup, but I think they're going to play him a lot the rest of the way. To your point, he batted uh, eighth yesterday, and mm-hmm. he did strike out uh, one time only. Didn't walk, but yeah, he does typically control the strike zone pretty well. But we've seen, as with his teammate Alec Thomas, that. There can be uh, some growing pains when it comes to all of this here still, too. Alec Thomas is hitting 240, 290, 364 right now, as a case in point. Mm-hmm. But they've got all these interesting young guys going on. they got Jake McCarthy playing a lot. Stone Garrett, what a name. He's yep. playing a lot right yep. now. Uh, they called up Emmanuel Rivera. They got him uh, in the Luke Weaver trade. They're giving him a little decent run of playing time. Right now, Emmanuel Rivera... Did you know that he's hitting 265, 383, 574? I believe that's just with the Diamondbacks, not total for the season, but it is, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. Nice little run. 
you know, he's not in the lineup today against Aaron Nola. Uh, so that's actually one of those like, okay, fine. I'm good with that. Let's we'll re regroup tomorrow. But since the trade from the uh, Royals, he, he's had uh, five of his 11 homers in 19 games. So nice little run for him. Yeah. Now I will say like, I was, I was kind of interested in him and then I kind of backed off. He, he got off to a nice start with them. Um, mm-hmm. He hit, but part of that was a two homer game at Coors. And then sure. since then, like, I think he has, I think since they left Coors, he has one home run or something okay, like that. That makes so, sense. Yeah. So he had, he had a, he had a stretch, well, a really short stretch where he hit a homer against the Pirates, then immediately went to Coors and hit two homers. So f- in his last, what is this now here, 11 games. So since they, since they left Coors, uh, he's hitting 200 with one homer. So he's kind of slowed down since then. But I agree with you that the lineup is intriguing. I think Stone Garrett is an intriguing option. Yeah. Um, I actually, was writing an article for Yahoo in July. And one of the questions was who could be this year's Frank Swindell who gets called up because of the trade deadline and gets a full-time role. And then like is better and down the stretch than the guys who got traded at the deadline. Um, and I picked stone Garrett as like a long shot, but he has mm-hmm. a, he has a neat power speed mix. He's an athlete. And I thought if they give him the opportunity, maybe he could, uh, could be something down the stretch. Now he hasn't played quite enough. I think, He's not playing regularly enough now to factor in a lot of fantasy leagues, but he's got an 1174 OPS in his first six games. So I got to right. think he's going to get more opportunities. I, I've heard the comparison made for Joey Mensis uh, as yeah. this year's Schwind- Schwindel. Yeah, that one. Uh, that one's more positionally makes sense, and as far as skill set makes sense too. Yeah, this was got- before the trade deadline, so I was kind of looking through minor league rosters on the teams that would be sellers sure. and trying to find someone who I thought could could get up, and I. I identified David Peralta traded, Stone Garrett up. Maybe he swipes a bunch of bases down the stretch. He's only on one steal so far, but he's got one. That's something. Yep. Mensis has got a 974 OPS, six homers, nine RBI. So a lot of runners on base there for uh, him, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there. And not that shocking for the team he's on. Right, exactly there. Uh, so, uh, But that caught my eye. Uh, I also caught my roster. I picked up Corbin Carroll. Uh, so yay, yay me. Got him going there in Yahoo Friends and Family. I think oh, I this, never thought of that one. Oh, I never think of that. I know you didn't. Uh, I did that though when I was on air with uh, Jenstad. Like we saw the quote from the GM. Like he is getting the call. It wasn't like a maybe, isn't that? Um, t- playing time. There's some interesting stuff going on. I mean that this thing. It's really hard to pay attention to everything. The Cardinals refused to include Dylan Carlson in any trade. Then like reportedly refused to include him in any Juan Soto trade. Now Carlson doesn't play every day. Corey Dickerson's taken his spot more often than not. Cardinals, you really have to kind of pay attention really close. They keep changing things. Paul DeYoung was a hot pickup for like a week or two, and now he's buried again. Uh, Carlson sitting for uh, Corey Dickerson. Uh, it's it's kind of annoying that, uh, you know, you think like, oh, this is a guy that they can't get rid of, but they can't play him either. I think also Corey Dickerson's kind of forced their hand. Um, like, no, I don't think anybody saw this coming. But since the All-Star break, he's a 1,079 OPS in 67 plate appearances. So, I mean, and he's not like, like, I know some of it's luck. Like, he's only got two home runs. He doesn't have mm-hmm. any steals in that time. He's just, he's hitting 431 since the all-star break so he's just yeah. collecting like multiple hits every time they give him a start i know and then because of that they just can't get i think they just can't take him out of the lineup right now 
Yeah. It's Corey Dickerson. This is not going to continue. No, no. It's just a heater. That's all but, it is. But I, so I did. Did you bid on him in any leagues? On, uh, on I did pick him up in like a 12, one place where I've got like, yeah, everybody stinks. Um, so yeah, I did, but I don't really believe I just, I need Mr. Right now, not Mr. Right. Yeah. I looked at him and then I didn't end up trying to get him, but I thought about it. It, it was more like, he's just so hot that maybe I just want to take a shot and try to get in on him. Well, you know what I mean? Like just maybe for another week mean. or two. He could just keep this going. He'll at least get playing time because he's yeah. so hot right now that they'll just use him. But, uh, anyways, in the end, I didn't. I didn't grab him. So maybe it has a little, not too much to do with Carlson. Like a little bit. I mean, if Carlson's playing well enough, he keeps the playing time. But maybe it's got a little more to do with just Carlson's having a ho hum season, seven oh eight OPS. Dickerson starts collecting two hits every time they start him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe about- once Dickerson cools down. How about Garrett Mitchell? Do you, do you have any of him so far? He was in the waterfall, but no. Uh, how about you? He uh, fell. Uh, I did not get him either. I, I, I went to go look right now, though, in Yahoo Friends and Family to see if I could pick him up because the speed is what's got me intrigued. Yep. He's a fast dude. Yep. I, I was interested. I was a little worried about playing time. Mm-hmm. And for, and that was one of the things that kind of, I just was a little unsure. Like he just played his first game right on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I, like I, I tried to read about him a bit and in the end, probably maybe should have gone after him. Well, it's easy to say now he had a homer and a steal. So yeah. <laughs> it's easy to say now, but in the end, I, I was a little worried about playing time. It was in my league with Jeff Zimmerman. We kind of needed someone we could use this week. We took Tony Kemp, who's not exciting at all, but, oh. but he, they, every game this week for the Aces against a righty, three of them are against the Nats. Mm-hmm. Worst rotation maybe in baseball. Tony Kemp made sense as a one dollar rental this week, so sure. I, again, now Garrett Mitchell already has a home run to steal, so he was the right answer. But I didn't maybe didn't that coming. Maybe well, not. if I even if I got a home run steal out of Tony Kemp this week, I'd be really really happy. Well, yeah. So, you, well, I mean, why else? I mean, you should expect it. I mean, he owes it to you at this. He point. He does. He owes me the steal. I'll, I don't care about the homer. I want the stolen base. I want one stolen base from Tony Kemp this week. That's what he's in the lineup for. Yeah. Well, and you raise a good point though too. It's like this this time of year, you're picking up some players that might trigger a gag reflex, but you need yep. them. They can do a very particular set of skills. Uh, to yeah. Uh, rephrase Liam Neeson. Yeah. There, Tony but. Kemp, six righties, terrible pitching staff in the first part of the week. You needed a guy. He's he's almost a hundred percent for sure getting dropped next Sunday, but like for one week, and that matters so much right now. That's Ben Gamble for us. Same thing. Yeah, lefty facing six righties, and it's like okay, well he's gonna play. We had Eloy. We had, and we picked up the kid uh, Matthias uh, from Texas as like our fail safe if Eloy couldn't play. But Eloy's in the lineup tonight, so. Yeah, well, well, we'll we'll roll with him, but uh, yeah, it's it's you have to just be on top of things and be ready to put in some pretty gnarly names. Uh, it's only going to get worse in September, too. Absolutely. I mean, just looking at and rosters are going to expand, although they don't expand much. I know no, it's Scott, like two we're or talking three about spots, that. Right? I, yeah, yeah, I know you and Scott were talking about that yesterday, and that that's actually really really good for fantasy managers, maybe because right. it's a little less to keep track of. And it's a little more authentic. If you can bring up one hitter and one pitcher, at least the hitter you bring up is probably someone who you're kind of interested who who the team is kind of interested in. Rather than right. just calling up eight players and we have no idea. 
yeah. right? Who, uh, you know, who, who they're really interested in, who they're just going to sit on the bench all month. So that will be really interesting on September 1st is to see who gets called up. I know, for example, the Astros have already said Hunter Brown's coming up. Mm-hmm. It's going to take Verlander's spot in the rotation. Brown I think he leads the Pacific Coast League in the RA too. Uh, yeah, he's like he, he'll be someone I think who a lot of people will be interested in. We'll see how his debut goes, but I think he'll uh, he'll be someone that a lot of people are interested in. He has, he has a two five five ERA and a one oh eight WHIP. People and are, opponents the, are hitting one eighty six against him. Yeah, I don't think Brown is going to go in until next week though. Uh, oh, okay. Sure. Because Christian Javier is going to pitch tomorrow. Yep. Uh, so I read right. a note on that. He's going to start Wednesday's game. Uh, right. And they had already said that they're kind of thinking about, they're leaning towards going with a uh, five-man rotation in the short term because of off days. I don't know if this Verlander injury changes that. So I would probably pump the brakes on Hunter Brown. I, I don't know how much it, he's going to get, how much work he's going to get. Thought, yeah, I thought it, when I first read, when I read the initial reports, I thought I read that he was called up to start. So if he's called mm-hmm. up to start, then – even if it's one of every six games that I might be interested in. I mean, if he's called up as a long reliever, then obviously then I'm not yeah. going to be. Uh, and I think it's, uh, he will be, they said now they're going to call him up when rosters expand. That would be on Thursday. So that also kind of maybe suggests that there, he might just have a hybrid role, but I mean, he, he is, uh, he's one of their prospects, uh, our number 78 prospect on there. So one of their top guys because Houston's farm system finally is pretty thin. Uh, it's gotten so much mileage over the years, but 134 strikeouts and 106 innings at triple a pitch actually, you know, had eight starts, 11 games in triple a last year too. So, uh, but he's young. He's just not, a, he's not inexperienced, but he is young. Um, only five homers allowed in 106 innings, 134 Ks. Yeah. There's a lot to like here. Yep. Absolutely. Um, in that transaction, by the way, Jake Myers was sent down which yeah. kind of further cements Chaz McCormick as a regular for them. And yeah. he's someone who I felt like was kind of bouncing on and off waivers in the last couple of weeks. And to those who have landed on him right now, I think he might be a keeper. Yeah. The thing about Chaz McCormick though, is he's banged up a little bit. Too. He is he banged up a little over bit. the weekend. He, he is, but I felt like that was more of a day to day thing. Um, right. They haven't put him on the IL yet. Yeah. Uh, so, your your is sitting out today, now. by the way, too, because of his hand right. thing. Right. Yeah. Yes. There's someone who's like Jordan Alvarez obviously had an awesome season, but he was, uh, you know, a month ago when we were doing this podcast, he was right at the top for OPS. He's kind of dropped down a little bit now. He's like, you know, about a good 50 points or so behind yeah. Goldschmidt and Judge. For what it's yeah. worth, Chaz McCormick is back in the lineup tonight, although he there is batting ninth. Uh, so right. eh, I'd like to see him like seventh. But Yes. Yes. It's a good lineup. It's a long lineup, but yeah, you'd like yeah. to see him not ninth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially with yeah. Alvarez out, you want him like one step higher than he would, would have been otherwise. Yeah. Uh, anybody else you want to hit on before we sign up for today? <sighs> okay, who's the leader? I have to ask you this because you're like, I feel like you'll have a good opinion on this. Who's the leader in AL MVP voting right now? Is it Judge? It's who's Judge. probably going to hit about 55 homers. He just or hit 50. It, or is it Otani? He might hit 60. He might hit 60 this or year. Or is it Otani who. Like is just again, again this year doing something. He's pitching better this year. He is. So is it like Otani won last year? Now I know last year Otani didn't have to beat the season the judge is having right now, mm-hmm. but Otani's going to probably hit about thirty-five homers and be one of the best pitchers 
in the American League. Like he's got a 267 ERA. He's going to strike out 200 batters this year. He might hit 35 homers and strike out 200 batters. You you make lots of good arguments, but it's going to be Judge. Just because this is a magical hitting season and they won't be able to resist him. Well, and the team difference is just yep, so that will help him too. too. Judge yep. is minus 900 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Otani's back to plus 500. Wow. For a while, that pendulum swung, and Otani was actually in the lead. But it's going to take just uh, it's going to take a miracle for Otani to be judged at this point in time. And it's when they're going to go one two. And by the way, it's no crime if one wins over the other. Both of these guys no. are like peak seasons. Like there, there's no shame in either one of these guys. I would not get into histrionics at all uh, over that. I think it's I think it's still a legit race. But you know what? The NL race is more over than the AL race. You know, Eric, you know, Goldschmidt is yeah. minus fourteen hundred. Yeah, he's hum, he's over a hundred OPS points ahead of the next guy in the That's in the crazy NL. Crazy how much. And, then, he's ahead and the of next guy's Aaron Otto. Like on his team, Correct. he's not. Aaron Otto's not surpassing Goldschmidt to the yeah. same voter. Then you're down to Freeman and Betts. Like it's it's easily it's Goldschmidt. Yeah, yeah. He would have to be. He'd have to miss September basically with an injury or something to not win it. I think, in the, I think in the AL, I would vote for Otani, just for the record. If I had a vote, I just think we've seen magical, we've seen great hitting seasons like Judge is doing. I think I would, I, and I don't think Otani's going to be able to do this forever. I'd lo- I hope he does. Mm-hmm. But I, it's not one of those, you know what I mean, where you get like the superstar and you're like, hey, he's amazing every year. Let's give it to the other guy this year. I don't think Otani, we can count on him being one of the best hitters and pitchers in baseball, like for the next seven years or right. something. Like right. it would be great if he can, but I can't count on it. I think I would give him the MVP. Sure. Yeah. Um, let's talk Cy Young real quick. Uh, Sandy has staked out an even bigger lead in the Cy Young uh, voting yeah. after the events of last week, to the point where we have a new second place person, second be- second highest odds uh, according to the DraftKings Sportsbook. Who do you think it is? Second highest odds. So, so it's not it's not it's Burns, not Burns That's anymore, the hint. and it's not it can't be Gonsolin because he's hurt. It's not Gonsolin. Um. Second highest odds. I'm going to go with Max Freed. Correct. Okay. Well done. Okay. I remember looking up pitcher war recently and his was surprisingly high. I thought about Arias, but yeah, Freed. At Freed's, yeah. there's no chance. Like he's going to, I very, very small chance. It's like Goldschmidt. Alcantara has it. Right. Uh, I do not see the AL version of that, which is interesting. That's Rookie a- the. That's a really neat one now with Verlander out too. Is the AL one depends how long Verlander's out. It should be it could be McClanahan now. Mm-hmm. Ceases in the running, I think. Right. Yeah, I, I I think Verlander Verlander was the clear leader, but it depends how much time he misses. Yeah. Finally, rookie of the year in both leagues, it's a two horse race. Uh, it, it, in the AL, it's Julio versus Rushman. And Rushman, and Julio's a pretty heavy favorite, minus yeah. 450 to Gotta plus 350 for Rushman. And then a pretty big, it's 4,500 for Wit. For the NL, it's two Braves, Strider minus 165, Michael Harris plus 120. And then it's all the way to 10,001 for a slew of different players. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, there is no one else. It's just yeah. those two. Yeah. I, yeah, I got to think that it's, I think Rodriguez wins it easily in the AL. Although Bobby Witt's numbers aren't that much worse when you look at them. He's about 60 OPS points behind him. Like if Bobby Witt had a really strong finish to the season, he could end up ahead of Rodriguez and homers. He's already ahead of him in steals. He could catch him in OPS. He could beat him in runs. He could beat him in RBIs. Bobby Witt could get his name in there. He but, could. I, but I think it's Rodriguez. Seattle's in the playoffs too. 
Yeah, ending the super long playoff drought. They've signed him to the long-term contract. All these things kind of apply. And as much as I love Harris, I think I would pick Strider. Yeah. I think so, too. I think so, too. But, yeah. Uh, It's just we just know it's going to be a brave. Uh, Paulie agrees with you, by the way. He says, in an era where home run has become commonplace, why voters have put so much uh, on breaking the record for judge confuses him. Uh, How long can Otani last name up? Good questions. I'll say this, though. Home runs are way down this year. They, you know, they're not as commonplace as you think. It's a harder year to hit home runs. The fact that Judge is on a Maris pace, he could be know. twenty homers against ahead of the next guy by the end of the year. Like he's fourteen ahead of Schwarber right now. He's seventeen ahead of the next guy, Goldschmidt. Like Judge could finish the year, maybe even twenty homers ahead of the next guy. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I think I think you're it's, illustrating it's amazing how far ahead he is compared yeah. to the other hitters, especially in the AL. You name two NL hitters as the next two, so I think the next AL yeah is all the way down at thirty-one. Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah, I I do get that Judge is a very very worthy candidate to win MVP better than the people who have won MVP in many other seasons. Right. It's kind of similar to last year though. Vlad nearly had a triple crown and yeah. Otani was just Otani and Otani's been better this year as a pitcher at least. Uh maybe not as maybe not quite as much as a hitter, but he's been awesome as a hitter too. I mean, yeah. Like you said, you can't go wrong with either two. That's the that's my that's been my argument all along. All right, guys. Thank you so much for chiming in. Thanks for everybody listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Uh, we'll be back at you again next week. And uh, we got James with the Prospect Pod tomorrow. I got Paul Spore Thursday morning uh, on the Rotowire Fantasy Pos- uh, Baseball Podcast. So excited about that one, too. Thanks for listening. Take care.